It's a small world. A very popular comment you hear while you are traveling, meeting someone, and as you talk, uh, you discover that uh, uh, they are talking about someone whom you are well acquainted with or, uh, or you know. Uh, a week ago when I was in Marseille, I had a phone call from an American friend uh, about um, uh, a young man who was coming across, traveling Europe, and wanted to have a, a night's sleep, uh, and his mother was very worried about him to uh, stay in a hotel or in a B&B in, uh, in Marseille, so they asked if I could host him. So I said, sure. I went and I picked him up, and as we talked through the evening, he asked me, where did I study? And I said, in Wales. And he said, oh, by the way, have you ever heard a preacher by the name of uh, David Martin Lloyd-Jones? And I said, really? <laughs> you cannot be in Wales without hearing and listening to him. He said that uh, he has an app to listen to his sermons. Equally true that whatever happened in one corner of the world in minutes, it turned to a breaking news. Last week, uh, we experienced or we had heard uh, this sad two mass shooting uh, in the United States, in Texas and in Ohio, also in Egypt. Uh, 23 people were killed through a bomb, uh, ripped uh, the hospital of cancer in Cairo. But uh, news travels not just only on sad events, but also to celebrate human achievement. CNN uh, uh, recorded that uh, the landing on the moon, which marked 50 years uh, on the 20th of uh, July, was seen by 600 million people around the world. Now, a day, social media is working very effectively. Facebook and Twitter uh, revealed that the numbers of their uh, users has exceeded 1.6 billion people. They are exchanging news and photos. It's very interesting also to know that Twitter decided to offer instant translation in English to those who are uh, following some Arabic characters or uh, people who are famous in the Arab world uh, as well. They said that um, uh, their hard desire for the followers to be to stay connected, to receive information from the original sources. Well, uh, to be connected is one of the basic needs of mankind, to communicate, to belong, uh, to connect with others. But this matter is not new. The Lord Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago uh, was the first one who said that if you are connected in me, you will be fruitful. And today I would like to share with you uh, a wonderful promise in verse 5. Jesus said that he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Before we start looking at the passage, I would like to draw your attention to the beginning uh, uh, of chapter 15 um, with uh, a statement. The Lord Jesus says, I am the true vine. Uh, these are uh, the seventh statement that Jesus uttered and recorded by John in the gospel. Seven statements, we call it the seven I am. 
And it started by Jesus saying that I am the bread of life in John 6. Yet later, he said, I am the light of the world in John 8. I am the door of the sheep, John 10. I am the good shepherd, John 10. I am the resurrection and life, John 11. I am the way, the truth, and the life, John 14. These statements reveals to us the uniqueness of Christ and his supremacy. So come with me uh, to look at this passage once again, and I would like to explore three points before us. The first one is uh, the presence of God in our lives. Point two, the plan of God for our character. Point three, the patience of God in our growth. So let's start looking at the first point, the presence of God in our lives. Well, chapter 15 is considered a discourse of the, uh, uh, the, the conversation that the Lord Jesus uh, had in the previous chapters, 13 and 14. So after Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, he started to prepare them for his departure, uh, that he will go to prepare a home for them uh, in the house of his father. The disciple indeed started to be worried. Uh, how could this be? And who is going to provide for their needs? Who's the one who's going to lead them? So in the preceding chapters, the Lord Jesus spoke about the new covenant, the new covenant that he's going to uh, accomplish in his, in his blood. The promise that after his departure, he will send the Holy Spirit uh, to abide with the believers forever. In John 14, verse 15, we have this wonderful promise. He, that is the Father, will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth. And at the end of chapter 14, <clears throat> we see Jesus saying to his disciple, come now, let us leave to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. But um, perhaps the Lord noticed the gloomy look on the disciples' face. He started to teach them again and telling them not to give up on following him, not to give up on the fellowship with other believers, and certainly not to give up on the mission that he commissioned them to do after that. So the Lord Jesus is offering them here uh, this uh, illustration or metaphor to help them to understand what he means by the new covenant, uh, this new covenant that he's speaking about. So he starts by saying, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. And before we uh, continue, I would like to pause for a second uh, to explain the purpose uh, of uh, an illustration or a parable uh, or a metaphor in the Bible. The Lord Jesus used lots of stories and illustrations to explain specific subjects, to bring it closer to understanding uh, for the hearers. Uh, and uh, each story, we must realize that it has uh, a main subject uh, and a main uh, idea, and this is what we need to realize. As of the little details uh, that fills the story, we should not really uh, spend much time in explaining it because it may lead to theological errors. So let's look together at the first 10 verses and ask the question, what is the main idea here? 
What is the Lord Jesus is saying? What is the word that repeated that was repeated several times? You will not uh, fail to realize that it's the word abide. Or uh, in the NIV, use the word remain. You see this in verse 4, verse 5, verse 6, verse 7, and verse 9, and verse 8. So the theme is abide. The theme is remain. The theme is stay connected so that you can be successful, that you can be uh, um, fruitful. Once again, let's go back to this uh, metaphor of uh, the vine. In the mind of every Jewish person, when they think of a vine, they think of the description of Israel in the Old Testament. Or if I wanted to put it in modern day, uh, if I wanted to mention the word revival, you know, it is closer uh, to the people of Wales here to realize this. So, for example, let's look at Psalm 80, verse 8. We see Asaph is describing Israel, and he said this, You have brought a vine out of Egypt. You have cast out the nations. You planted it. You prepared room for it. And you caused it to take deep root, and it filled the land. There are many examples. Sadly, in all of the examples that is mentioned of the vine which described Israel was uh, a negative thought and descriptions. We see this in Jeremiah 2, in Ezekiel 15, and in Hosea 10. The, the vine failed to produce fruit that is proportionate to the effort uh, and the hard work that uh, the vine dresser has invested in it. Let's listen to God speaking through the prophet Isaiah, chapter 5. He said this, My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it up and cleared it of the stones and planted it with the choicest vines. He built a, a, a watchtower in it and cut out a wine press as well. Then he looked for a crop of good grapes, but it yielded only bad fruit. Yielded only bad fruit. So the Lord Jesus Christ coming back to his disciples to declare a new, a new uh, statement. He said that I am the true vine. In his declaration, I am, we find the Lord Jesus using the name of God. Remember this? In the old, the name Yahweh, first time was mentioned in uh, Exodus four, uh, 3, verse 14, when Moses asked, who are, are you that you are sending me so I can speak to the people of Israel? And God, and God answered, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. It's very clear here that Jesus declares himself to be a God, that he is the source of life, that there is no life whatsoever outside of Christ. He declared that he is the true vine exclusively. The word true here means authentic, means real, means genuine. And we need to differentiate between two things here between gifts and between fruit. There are many people around us who are gifted. There are many people around us have a sign of success. 
but not, in, not necessarily fruitful according to the description of the Bible. You could say this young man is very gifted in his work, or this one is uh, an excellent speaker, or this young lady is beautiful, or she has many friends on Facebook. But according to the Bible, if you are not in Christ, that's nothing. Look, for example, at the artificial Christmas tree. It may be looking beautiful. It may be decorated well, but it will never produce fair cones. Robin Williams, this is a comedian, popular. Uh, he had many films, successful uh, person before he took his life. And before he died in 2014, he said this, I think the saddest people always try their best to make other people happy because they know that it, it is like, a, it is what is like to feel. It's like to feel absolutely worthless and they don't want anyone else to feel like that. Successful person, very popular. Yet deep inside he said about himself, I feel absolutely worthless. The Lord Jesus Christ said, you don't have to feel like that. You can be fruitful. You can be successful if you remain in me. For I am the true vine. I came to inaugurate a new covenant, an era of grace. And now the promise. Jesus is saying to his disciples, if you remain in me, if you abide in me, you will, bring, uh, you will bear much fruit in verse 5. You will see in verse 7 as another wonderful promise. You will, you, you, will you, uh, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. And of course, we have to put these verses in context. The Lord Jesus Christ here is speaking about the believers in him. This promise is for you if you are a believer of Christ. If the Lord Jesus is your Savior, if is he the Lord of your life, if you have repented of your pre, uh, uh, previous sins, that you are walking with him, that you can say with Paul, the life now I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So what does it mean to abide in Christ? Well, looking at the uh, uh, metaphor that Jesus used of the vine, the branches must be connected to the vine. Through the root and the stem, food and nourishment come uh, uh, to, the, to the branches. The branches receives its life from the root of the vine. This is why the Lord Jesus Christ said that without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. The Lord Jesus must be present in our lives if we to have any, any kind of fruitfulness. Uh, it's like this. You may be thinking of in investing in buying a new mobile phone, a smartphone. Uh, you're spending lots of money for it because it has a great camera. It has all the features. You can do editing. You can have lots of apps and you can uh, do great things with it. You not just only speak through it, but you can make video calls and you can uh, have video recordings and so on. But this phone, if it's not charged, 
it's absolutely useless. Yesterday when I was flying back from France uh, in the waiting room, uh, uh, waiting hall, uh, there was a delay and I could see many people are queuing to the power supply because they were afraid to lose the electricity, to lose the battery. And as a result of that, the phone would render useless. It is the same. Unless we are connected with Christ, unless we listen to his loving words in verse 9, unless we obey his commandment in verse 10, unless we converse with him in prayer and uh, uh, share his news and uh, our experience of him with others, uh, the salvation we have, we will not be successful, we will not be fruitful, we will not go forward then our lives will change and our fruit will be evident to everyone. What is the fruit that we are talking about? Well, last Sunday, we did not have a service in Marseille, so I went to the nearby city of Aix-en-Provence. There was an English-speaking service there. And uh, after the service, I was introduced by the pastor to uh, an Iranian student. And uh, she's not a, a believer yet, yet uh, she is very faithful attending the church every Sunday. So I asked her, why do you attend? She said that here in the church, I discovered the love of the people. They received me, they accepted me, they valued me, and I feel that they are helping me. They are li really living what they, what, what they teach, what they believe. Unless we have a right theology applied in the life, we will become hypocrite. We must live biblically. Now let me ask this question. Does the aroma of Christ perfume your life and your actions? Does the Spirit produce in you fruit that is evident to everyone? Paul the Apostle declares to us nine different fruits or nine different facet of the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Is this, is this Spirit-filled life with fruit is evident in your way you are dealing with other people? Can people say that this person is different? because he exhibits the life of Christ. So how could this fruit develop in us? It doesn't su suddenly appear. For a fruit, any kind of any fruit, has to take time. It's a process. And that would lead us to the second point, the plan of God for our character. Some time ago, we were filming a, 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 a program, television program about the promises of God. We went to film in a vineyard because we wanted uh, uh, to show that very passage. And as you know, in France, there are lots of vineyards. And uh, the Lord led us to uh, uh, someone who offered us his vineyard uh, to go and film there. And it was wonderful, really. The view was, uh, was uh, breathtaking. You look and you see the vineyard and it's overlooking the mountains and the sea below and wonderful green trees around and there, for the first time, I met the farmer, uh, and uh, he was doing his work. And most of his work is using the secateurs, because he was pruning the vine and cutting leaves. 
I was quite shocked because I looked and I saw green uh, branches and he was cutting them because I'm not expert, I didn't know. So I asked him, why are you cutting these green branches? It could be, you know, I was thinking that you will cut dry leaves and dry uh, uh, um, uh, branches, but these are green. And he said, these are useless. Yes, they are green, but they are not going to produce any fruit whatsoever. You are not going to expect any grapes from them. Therefore, I must cut them so that uh, the nourishment will not go to these useless uh, branches, but it goes to the branches that are, uh, are uh, useful and will produce more fruit. Pruning. When we think of pruning, we think of painful work. It is important, and sometimes it's painful. The vine dresser is working through the pruning in the life of the believers. Bad habit must be stripped away. Priority must, must be reordered. Values must be changed. We were working during one of the filming with uh, uh, um, a young lady, and uh, uh, it was a very hectic schedule. We were working nine, ten hours a day, and uh, people were tired. And suddenly she had a disagreement with another person on the set, and she was angry and said, uh, some angry stuff to the other person. Uh, so later on, we went to speak with her and said, well, don't you think it's time now to go and be reconciled and uh, say sorry to this person whom you offended? And she said, no, no, that's me and that's my personality and my character and God, <coughs> excuse me, and God loves me and accepts me the way I am. Well, it is true that the Lord asked us to come as we are but he's not expecting us to stay there. He wanted us to be de developed. He wanted us to develop fruit of love, patience, kindness. Well, pruning. Pruning, we think of it in a kind of a, a negative way, but pruning also has a positive way. Pruning can, comes with the meaning of discipline and training. Uh, um, an athlete must exercise and uh, practice for many hours. He's getting tired. He's getting exhausted while he's training. Why is that? Because he's hoping to achieve better results. I was uh, uh, listening about, uh, in, in, in the news about the uh, Welsh rugby team, and they were trained now in Switzerland, in a hotel, in a very high altitude. Why is that? Because uh, the, the lack of oxygen will give them more resilience and more resistance. So the believers also need to be trained on the Christian life to reach to a life of uh, prosperity and fruitfulness. When I came to this country, I went to a Bible uh, um, institute and uh, the day I arrived, I was met by a man. He didn't introduce himself, but he offered to carry my suitcases. Uh, so I thought he's a porter. I said to him, could you take me to my room, please? So he did. And he said, do you want anything? And I said, I would like some water. And uh, I would like to have a cup of coffee, if that's possible. So he did, uh, with a big smile on his face. And then in the evening, it was the beginning of the course, so uh, we were waiting for the director of the school, and to my horror, 
It was him who was coming to be. But this is a servant leadership. He did not reach to that point just from nothing. It took him time through very painful uh, experience in his life and in his family situation. James in the Bible says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You know, the will of God for us is to be sanctified, is to live a life of holiness. Uh, Holiness not just only in the area of sexuality, but holiness also in the area of integrity, in a sacrificial service, in a a service that is not self-seeking. And when we live this holiness, we can communicate with God. We are tuned with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's like a, a piano. When it's tuned, when you press the keys, it brings the right tone. And as a result of that, we can ask whatever because we are asking according to his will. Jesus said, ask whatever you desire and it will be done for you. Do you pass through a pruning time? Do you feel the pain of the cutting off the sharp edges. Do not lose heart. The Lord is committed to you. The Lord is committed to your growth. The Lord is committed to your maturity and he's working on your behalf. He's asking you to uh, surrender your will to him, to uh, uh, communicate with him in prayers. He's kind, he will lift you up. And in the right time, he will comfort your heart. This is his promise. He's too wise to be mistaken, too good to be unkind. Now we have seen in order for us to enjoy being fruitful, uh, we have to first to be present uh, with Christ, that Christ has to be essential in our lives, for without him we can do nothing. We have seen that God is working in our Uh, purification and our character. And then we come to the third point is the patience of God in our growth. He said, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. One of the missionaries that affected me uh, reading his biography was the American David Brainerd. He served the Indian in, uh, or the Native American uh, uh, for five years. He died very young at the age of 29 because of illness. At the beginning of his ministry and his service, he went to the uh, uh, Native American, the Indians in New Jersey. And out of the community, he pitched his tent and uh, he was uh, preparing how to approach the Indians with the message of the Gospels. So the warriors of the Indians at night sneaked up on him, uh, thinking that they are going to kill him. And once they saw him, they saw him out of his, in front of his tent, uh, bowing down, kneeling and praying. And suddenly they saw a venomous uh, snake coming out of the trees and stood, rose up in front of him in their sight. And then it turned away from David and it's gone. The Indians were so astonished. They called him a prophet. They received his message. 
and uh, he labored uh, with them uh, uh, in teaching them. At the end of his life, David Brainerd wrote these words. I have now baptized in all 47 persons of the Indians, 23 adults and 24 children. Through rich grace, none of them as yet have been left to disgrace their profession of Christianity by any scandalous or unbelieving behavior. This is evidence of God's grace, evidence and patience of God for in our growth. But some may argue and say, well, but why do we see Christian who is doing bad things? Well, the Lord Jesus answered that question. He said that every branch in me that does not bear fruit will be cut off. Some people say about themselves that they are Christian because uh, they were born in a Christian family or because they attend a church or they are affiliated with a movement or perhaps because even because they admire Christ. But deep inside they know themselves that they are not submitting their will. They are not changing. They are not bearing fruit. And therefore, Jesus is saying to them that the Father will take them away and look here at verse 6. It is uh, very serious what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying. It's a very severe word. He said, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gathered them and throw them uh, into the fire and they are burned. So he's giving us a few key words here that we must ponder upon. And especially those who have not believed in Christ yet. This is a severe word. He said that if you are not abiding in me, if you are not a believer tonight, you will be cast out. You will be withered. You will be thrown away in the fire and they will be burned. In France, every year, <coughs> in the autumn time, the council sent peoples to trim trees and uh, uh, they really cut the trees very severely and sometimes I wonder if these trees are going to grow up again but after they cut all the leaves and all the uh, um, uh, branches they put them in piles waiting for the trucks to come and collect them and sometimes it's for weeks and you could see the colors of the branches are faded from being green to uh, being dead wood brown until they are taken away uh, to be burned. And uh, uh, it is a very, very serious matter, really. Uh, if you remember, the Lord Jesus Christ has given a parable similar to what I'm talking about in Matthew 13. And it's known as the parable of the wheat and the tares. And the tares or the uh, weed is uh, a plant harmful that resembles the wheat, but it's not like that. And it says that in the parable in Matthew 13 that Jesus is giving this uh, story of uh, a farmer who's planted good seeds and uh, at night his enemy comes and uh, uh, planted weeds, uh, planted bad seeds as well. And uh, during the time, both of them were uh, growing up and uh, and uh, the servant came to the master and said to them shall we pull the, pull out these weeds and he said to them no listen to what jesus said let both grow together until the harvest 
And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares, the weed, and bind them into bundles and burn them, but gather the wheat into my barns. Brothers and sisters, I am not talking here about uh, branches, normal branches. These are illustration that Jesus is talking about people. Jesus is standing at a crossroad, calling people to himself, saying to them, come and benefit from my salvation. I have done the work for you. You need to come, commit your lives to me, submit, leave your past ways, and receive my salvation, receive my peace. But there is a limited time, and after that, the door is closed, and the offer is no longer there, and the opportunity has gone. In verse 50 from the same chapter, chapter 13 in Matthew, he said this, so will it be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth, separate the wicked from the just, and cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. The choices here are limited. Either you are in Christ or you are not in Christ. Let me ask you, how would you describe yourself? Are you a believer in Christ? Can you say that Christ is my Savior, my Lord, and I'm abiding in him, and I'm remaining in him, and I'm connected to the vine? Or if you are not, listen to the answer that Jesus is giving. They are burned. They are burned. I was reading about uh, Charles Spurgeon. Uh, he used to travel every year to Monton in the uh, south of France for his holiday to dry his lungs from the damp weather in, in, in London and uh, during winter times. Uh, and uh, one time, as it happened, he uh, was stopped in Marseille and he spent the night there. And it was a very cold night. Uh, so he asked some wood uh, to the fire from the porter. And when the porter came with the, with the wood, uh, Spurgeon was a little bit intrigued because he was expecting logs of, of, of wood, but this was uh, twigs. So this is what uh, Spurgeon wrote, and I quote, I found it was made of vine branches, branches that had been cut off now that the pruning time was come. I solemnly thought, will this be my portion? Here I am, away from home, unable to bear fruit, as I love to do. Shall I end up with this as my portion? Shall I be gathered for the fire? Those vine shoots were parts of a good vine, no doubt. Branches that once looked fair and green, but now they were fuel for the flame. They had been cut off and cast off as useless things. And then men gathered them and tied them into bundles. And they were inevitably thrust into the fire. I pray that this will not ever be your destiny. And there is another type of believers. Those who are new believers. They are having uh, fruit, but it's... Uh, it's like a sour grape. It's just at the beginning uh, of, uh, of uh, the fruitful period. And sometimes you feel discouraged. You feel that you love the Lord. 
and you wanted to do his will, but you still make mistakes. And to these, I'm telling them that the Lord Jesus is encouraging them to tell them that the Father is caring for them. He's pruning them. He's acting to bring about uh, their good uh, uh, fruit and good food so that they will be mature in their lives. Now I'd like to end here and I wanted to leave you with some questions to think and meditate on. If you are a, believers, uh, if you are a believer today, I wanted to ask you this question. How is your devotional life? Do you have quiet periods when you are waiting upon the Lord, receiving from him directions, receiving from him the nourishment that you are looking for? Does the word of God, does the word of Christ dwell in you richly? And when you do act of service for Christ, do you trust him? Do you commit the matters to him or you depend on your own efforts? And if you have not dedicated your life to Christ, if you have not believed in him, you are in danger. You are in great danger. Listen to the word once again. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. You have an opportunity tonight. You have an opportunity to ask him to come and change your life, to make you to abide in him, to be fruitful. You can ask him to save you, and he's willing, he's kind, it's free. And the most important thing is you need to know that God is interested in rescuing you. And if you are a new believer and you feel discouraged because of the smallness of your fruit, do not be. Or if you are a believer who is going through a pruning time, take courage, do not lose hope. The Lord has not finished yet from you. I wanted to end with the words of Job in the Old Testament, chapter 23. He said this, But he knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. May the Lord help us all. Amen.